<laughs> now she's going on solitaire. Yeah, totally. She looks very busy. So dinner tonight? Dinner tonight, yeah. In Vancouver? Uh, in Vancouver, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere special? Uh, going to Riley's. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Date night or holiday meet up uh, with friends? Holiday meet up with friends, yeah. A few, cool. few couples that we've known for a long time. Pretty yeah. pretty um, nice to have people in my life that have been around for a long time. So yeah. heading out with them. But first time our group has gone out, you know, we've done other things, but, you know, a couple's dinner. Yeah. No kids. So, yeah. yeah. How old are your kids? 11 and 15. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mine are eight and 12. My 12 year old turned 13 tomorrow. Nice. It's weird. He's getting so old so fast. He's got a creepy little mustache and everything. <laughs> it's so weird. I, I remember him when he was just a baby, you know, it just yep. seems like yesterday he was four or five and uh, now he talks like this and he's on his phone a lot and he's super cool. And, yep. and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's wild. I love it. Never gets boring. That's for sure. Yeah. My son, I was tucking him in the other day and he uh, pointed out, he goes, dad, did you notice my mustache? I said, uh, I said, yeah, because I said, you know, but you know, then being a very sensitive dad, I'm like, how do you feel about it? Do you like it? He's like, yeah, I do. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah. He's how old? 14? 11. 11? So he's 11 and my daughter's 15. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. I so they turned, which one was uh, younger. Yeah. So 16 is only a few months away, five, five months away. Yeah. So, so driving? Uh, driving. Yeah. Yeah. Kids, they still want to drive? Uh, not all of them do. Yeah. Less and less of them do. And oh. I, but I think it's more that um, it's not a necessity to them anymore. For yeah. us, it was freedom. It was mobility. And now there's so many other types of freedom and mobility. So totally. I remember man, I'm aging myself, but it was, I was counting the days. Like it was just, Oh, I mean, not even counting days, counting the years and then the months and then the weeks and then the days. It was awesome. It's that feeling. What was your first car? Uh, it was a Honda 1991 Honda Civic SI. Classic. Uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I took, uh, took one of my brother's old speakers, put it in the back, you know, did all the wiring ourselves because it was easy to do back in the day and just yeah. pull the panels out, run all the wires and yeah, just, just regular speakers with one massive blue thunder, 15 inch in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Cause all that matters is bass. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, I know the feeling I had, uh, a 1978 Toyota Land Cruiser FJ 40. Very cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was, uh, it was like a Toyota version of a Jeep. I don't know if you know what that but, is. But, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. But was that, was that cool back then? Was it cool before it was cool? Or was it, was it, so cool. it was so cool. Okay. And it wasn't even my idea, but the, uh, I shouldn't say this in case he's listening, but the, there was a guy two years ahead of me in high school is super cool. And he had one and I'm like, God, that would be amazing if I yep. could ever have something like that. It was so cool. So it was, uh, worked hard, worked, uh, like I started working when I was, when I was 14, I lied and said I was 15 to get a job at McDonald's. And, uh, and then later got upgraded to the shoppers drug mart and, and yeah, I worked hard, saved my money and, and bought it with, with my own money. And the first thing I did like you is I, I bought a couple of, um, huge speakers inside the, you know, the, the ones that would be inside a plastic box and I attached them to the roll bar and, yeah. you know, yeah, that was the best. Where'd you go? Did you go A and B sound? Uh, I grew up in Kelowna. Oh, okay. Right. I don't remember where I got them, but yeah, yeah it was in that summertime, you yeah. know, driving that around yeah. with your buddies. So. 
and long shaggy hair. Like, oh man, those are a fun way to grow up. Yeah. We had the best time. Well, I remember when I first started working in the Okanagan, I drove down to Soyuz. I was working on a project there and it was in the middle of summer. It was obscenely hot and I uh, wasn't prepared for it. And I drive down and I drive along Lake Kosoyus and um, I see some kids, probably like when you grew up. And I'm like, I'm like, man, these kids, these kids have it all. Like to be in the Okanagan in the summer. And I, at the time, I probably wasn't thinking whether they lived there, or whether they were tourists or whatever, but I was there working. And I, you know, as a, uh, I don't think, I don't feel myself as, of a, as an immigrant very often, but you know, we didn't have the opportunity to go to the Okanagan when we were young um, for vacations. So I just saw these kids, you know, frolicking on, on the beach and it was so idyllic. And I was like, man, what a way to grow up. Oh, it's the best. I was even, even at that age, as a teenager, I was allowed to take the family boat and trailer and launch the boat by myself with my buddies and have like days on the water, water skiing and cliff diving and all that. Little drinking, maybe. That's cool. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Are you an immigrant? I thought you were born here. No, I was born in England. Um, um, and you know, not an immigrant in the harshest sense of the word, or the or the you know maybe the hardest upbringing, but uh, definitely grew up with a uh, an immigrant understanding, an immigrant mentality of of around work and money and family, and you know, not, again, not in a bad way. Just it gives you a an outlook on life that. Uh, you don't get unless you grow up that way. Yeah. And then you see those kids in the soil use and you're like, that looks like a fun way to grow up. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It was, it still is. I think yeah. those, those markets have changed, you know, like those cities yeah. are bigger now. Kelowna is certainly a lot bigger than what it was. Yeah. But uh, still probably a great place to grow up. Oh yeah, for sure. No, we, um, we're going up there next week and we get to go up there now in the summer. I get to take my kids up there and um, feel pretty fortunate to be able to do so. Yeah. 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 When did you get into real estate? Like wh wh where'd your career begin? Um, uh, I don't have a lot of good stories, but I, this is a good one. I, I grew up in, uh, in a century 21 office with mustard colored jackets, bad coffee oh my God. And, uh, and, and, and typewriters, you know, like, um, so that was my exposure to real estate and, uh, you know, um, watching my dad and his counterparts in the office and I'd help them type up contracts. And that was, uh, that was how I spent a lot of my time. Yeah. So that was probably where it started. And then on the development side. Um, yeah, again, that was a pretty defined moment. It was, uh, out of high school, sorry, excuse me, out of university. Um, uh, because I did my bachelor of commerce in urban land, I was able to get my real, real estate license, realtor license without doing any tests. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's pretty sweet. I'll do that. Yeah, so well. I got my, uh, got my license and started selling homes and, um, um, worked on a few land assemblies and things like that. And then got the opportunity to build a house with, uh, uh, with a, uh, um, person who I still look up to and respect to this day. Uh, I haven't seen him in a long time, but, uh, um, built one house with him and, um, realized I like building stuff more than selling it. So then from that one house, then I did five houses and then sure enough, just gave up my license and started building. So I, I, the framing contract on my first houses was a dollar 95 a square foot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I'm not 80 years old. Yeah. Know, so, like, yeah. How long ago was that? Yeah. It was, uh, how old are you? 25 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. I met a, a, 
won't say who it is because it's, you know, the restaurant's well-known, but I met a well-known restaurateur at a party last night or saw him, a friend of mine, and uh, their TIs are up to $900 per square foot now to fit out their restaurants. So, yeah. So I was uh, talking to him about upcoming projects yep. and, um, you know, their interest in, uh, you know, getting in and it, and it comes down to, it's all about uh, the debt that they have to incur to fit it out at those prices and how long it's going to take them to be busy enough to pay down that debt. And the, the combination of busyness and time is the barrier to entry. It's yeah. like, uh, that's what it's all about. That's yeah. like the first place they go to with their math. Yeah. No, it's incredible. I've, you know, Riley's and, uh, that group and, and you just look at the kind of money they pile into restaurants. I know, um, when I was at Anthem, um, one of the big restaurant groups was coming in and, um, over a thousand bucks a square foot for their, and it was a big restaurant. It just blew me away. Yeah. But that's wild. Just for finishes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you see that over there? Do you want any of that on the far end of that table? <laughs> it's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. I'll try. Well, I, I heard the blue bottle's pretty good. So it is. Yeah. Thanks Cassidy. Thank you. It's Friday. What a day. It's beautiful. Out. Yeah. It's great. And I, you know, I went for lunch and, uh, didn't even have a drink, so that's pretty good. Good for you. Yeah. I had one. Yeah. Actually, I don't drink that much, but when I do, I really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Just one or two here or there. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, and you know, it's 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 funny, and I wonder if I should uh, if I shouldn't drink less. But uh, do you think you drink too much? I don't drink too much, but you know, I, if you think you might, you probably do. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But December of this year is not a good time no. to try to drink less. Terrible time. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. What a, what a gorgeous day. I was, uh, I almost stopped. I, I was down by uh, the convention center. And if I ever walked there, I've, I probably got a million photos from that crotch between um, the East and the West convention center. Um because you're just looking out over the North shore, it's just spectacular. And then the way the sun was hitting it, it was what a spectacular day today. Yeah. And then, then like you, I was out in Surrey this morning and I'm um, driving uh, up uh, from uh, the perimeter road and looking at city center and the buildings around it. And you see this heavy fog around all these buildings. It was, it was some real special morning today. Like, oh, amazing. This time of year with the snow descending down from the peaks down, climbing, crawling down. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Every day you just kind of watch and it's just, yeah, it's pretty cool. Any plans for the holidays? Yeah. Speaking of snow, we're heading up to Kelowna. Um, and, uh, we have a home up there, which, oh, this will, I don't want to get into it too much cause it'll get me on a rent, um, which we built with our own money. And, um, where's this Kelowna? In Kelowna. Yeah. And, uh, I built it at a time when we lived there and, um, uh, and then when I wanted to sell it, I couldn't afford to sell it because I was underwater on it. So I had to rent it out. So we rented it out for many, many years, over 10 years, um, with some great, great tenants, great long-term tenants. And then when we got to the point where my family, during COVID, when we we're at home a lot and my kids were getting older, I said, well, you know, maybe we should use the house more for ourselves and we'll rent out the basement. So we did that and, um, I had students in there, which was great. We had great students. And then we dabbled in Airbnb and now we can't do that, that, that much <laughs> stuff. And you know, empty homes tax and yeah. can't do short-term rentals. And, and, and I just think I'm like, nobody was there to help me when the house was not worth what I paid for it. Yeah. 
but people are there to tell me what I'm going to do with it now. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, cheers. Cheers, yeah. cheers. Oh, I don't know. We should dig into that. I don't know if you're an expert, but I would, I would like to talk to an expert about, you know, the, the thinking behind that. And I know the rationale is that, um, you know, we want to make these apartments or whatever they are, these homes available to the long-term local tenants that need them. Yeah. I just don't think it really does that. Honestly, like it's, uh, how many homes are we talking about? Like, is the, um, why don't they just leave it up to the free market forces? Yeah. You know, we, we, we have one in our home. It's barely worth it. As it becomes less worth it, we decide, oh, let's just rent out long-term. It's easier. It just takes care of itself. Yep. You know, if, uh, if it's, it's confusing, I yeah. think it's just, uh, you know, a, a politically popular thing to do, I guess, for, uh, um, the vociferous masses that are, uh, talking about housing affordability, including rental affordability, but I don't totally get it. Yeah. You know? I don't I don't, know. Yeah. And I don't think anybody totally gets it. I think this current government, they have a lot of policies that have come out and, and some of them are very good. Like I, I, I will fault them. And, and some of them are reaction to structural issues in our, in our, um, in our housing supply. And that's not just isolated to Metro Vancouver or BC it's across Canada. And it's even in the weirdest markets. You look at <laughs> weird markets in the States and they're desperate for housing. And yeah. You think, like these guys are the United States. They just build like crazy, but um, we're, we're at a huge shortage for housing across the country, across the continent. And, um, so people are scrambling for policy that will, that will fix it. But, um, yeah, I, I again, it's not isolated to Vancouver or BC, but I think across our country, we're coming up with a lot of policy that, uh, um, is shots in the dark yeah. or popular populist politics. I don't, don't want to say that too much, but you know, might be a bit of that. But there's some good policy in there, and and again, I think we'll we'll see we'll see how it all plays out. Um, you know, I mean, we'll get into Penticton later, but I'll you know I'm I'm have a I have a pretty deep understanding of the Okanagan market. I've been there for 15 years, and the counterplay or the difference between Metro Vancouver and the Okanagan and housing, and and I did a lot of work in Edmonton and Calgary, so I know how the pace that we can build out there as well. So I, there's nuances to each market. Not that Edmonton and Calgary are are subject to what we're doing here, but I have a pretty good understanding of how housing's delivered and approved and built. And, um, I, I'm, I'm like you, I'm a little mystified by some of the, some of the policy. Have you heard how hot the Calgary market is right now in Edmonton? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, uh, it is crazy. It's bananas. I was just looking into it this morning and, uh, you can buy townhomes for 400 grand and they're being bought by investors out of Toronto because they're renting for like 2,700 bucks a month. God. And, you know, the strata fees, like if you want to cap that out or get to a net income, strata fees are stripping out most of everything. It's all surface parking. Uh, there's there's not much to do except snow removal yep. and a little bit of landscaping, but it's like 50 bucks a month. Yep. So it's like an eight cap, you know, on a, on a townhome investment. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's a, it's, and, and it's funny you say on a little bit of landscaping out there, it's a real little bit of landscaping. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I built a lot of row homes and townhomes out in Cal in, in Edmonton. And, um, yeah, I remember, I remember doing that, doing that landscaping. I remember the budgets. So, yeah, you know. but yeah, no, I mean, I, I spent a lot of, we lived in Edmonton for two and a half years. I worked in Calgary for almost five and, um, um, a very big difference between the two markets, but, uh, Calgary is a place as a place to live has a lot going for it. But now with this tranche of people moving out there and, and it, you know, it, it's a great place for opportunity, but, uh, I wonder, you know, when the, when it snows in 
July next year, how much from our, or, you know, when, when it goes, when they go through the harsh winter of, uh, that, that will come this year, um, how many of them will wonder if, um, it's all as cracked up to be, but, uh, it's a great city. Calgary's got great restaurants. Um, it's got a, it's got a, for a, for a younger person looking for opportunity, um, it, it's, it's great. It's, it's got, it's got something, Alberta has something that BC is starting to lose, which is hope. Um, young people here don't necessarily see how they're going to get ahead. Yeah. And, um, Another friend of mine was telling me that same thing earlier this week. Um, he was their own business and, uh, he said the vibe is excellent. Like the, the energy downtown coming from, you know, especially young people, like people are happy, positive, want to be there. And he, his opinion, you know, is very different than here. Yeah. Here feels, uh, you know, a little twisted right yeah. now, a little, yeah. little confused, a little fearful, yeah. that kind of thing. Well, even in uh, Kelowna, I was there last summer and, you know, actually it was this year uh, in March, St. Patrick's Day. We went out, we weren't planning on going out, but we went to a, a brewery there, Redbird Brewing, which um, the city of Kelowna has allowed them to do some stuff, like some pretty creative stuff with that brewery. Huge outdoor area, really nice indoor area, rooftop deck, all this kind of stuff. And man, the, the, you use the word vibe, like the vibe in that brewery was young and hopeful and not super young, not like, you know, 1920, like I'm talking like high twenties to low thirties, young, everybody had decent jobs. They're all, you know, but they're working hard and they're enjoying life. And again, there was that bit of that hopefulness there, which was nice, which it's harder to find here in the city. Yeah. Is that why you're, uh, you love Penticton? Um, because you love Penticton. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and Penticton just kind of happened. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the Okanagan and, um, I, I was, I was kind of always been interested in doing a project there selfishly because I'd like to spend more time there. Uh, my daughter's born there. Um, and, um, uh, like I said, going back, it's just a great place to be all the time. And so when this opera, when the opportunity came up of this, this project, you know, I had, it ticked all, all the boxes. I won't, I won't bore you with the developer checklist in my head. Um, but I think from, a um, from a market perspective, it was undeniable. It's the ability to create a, uh, a master planned village across from, um, a beautiful brand new hospital. It's got lots of energy and lots of employment there equidistant from two lakes, both which are absolutely amazing, um, in a great city with an amazing um, um, uh, track record of producing housing so or approving housing. So it was like, fantastic. Yeah. Where do we, where do we sign up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But the scale of it, holy cow, it's a, it's a beast. Yeah. And I get, I get a lot of, you know, uh, people get their head around the vision when I explain it to them, but the, this sheer size of it scares them. I mean, 1500 units, 10 acres is big for anywhere in BC. Um, but then when you realize that we are, you know, we're going to phase it, um, we're going to build it up over time. Um, we're going to create success and we're going to create a real community that, um, will unto itself have everything you need for, a lot of your daily life, it's, you, 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 you start to get it. Yeah. I mean, you, you've worked on a lot of these, um, master plan communities and, you know, look at river district. Like it's just the success is undeniable now. And that's what we're, that's, that's what amazing. we're going to deliver. Yeah. It's, it's just a spectacular project. Yeah. It's a huge success. And, and, uh, 
Penticton is awesome. Yeah. And, and, and the part of, the only part of it that's, uh, that's scary is that it's, you know, there's only 30,000 people there. Yep. And so the idea of bringing, uh, um, you know, selling 5% of homes into a population, you know, do the equivalent yep. for a city like Vancouver yep. or something. It's, uh, it's daunting, but a lot of people are moving there. The mayor, uh, told me that they're the biggest demographic is like, 25 to 35 year olds or 25 to 40, maybe mm. in terms of the people moving there. Yeah. I think it was 25 to 34 and it's 38,000, not 30,000. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but the, um, to, to your point is a good, good point about, <clears throat> uh, percentage proportional wise of what we're delivering versus what's in the town. Uh, the thing, my, one of my, 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 the vision or the ethos for, for why we move forward on the site was, um, we're not delivering, we're not focusing on one skew, you know, I mean, as you know, we're going to have, uh, uh, in the first phase, we're gonna have condos. We're going to have, um, grade level retail that is going to be fantastic opening onto plazas and people are going to like everything that a, a master plan community should have. We're going to have medical oriented office space. Um, again, those are all different buyer groups. They're all different user groups. And, uh, and then as we go along, I mean, we had a meeting this morning with, uh, with, a, a, a group that's interested in, in independent living, seniors living. What, I mean, what a fantastic, that's, that's one of the uses that we had envisioned on the site. They get it right away. Um, you know, there's a lack of hotels in, uh, in Penticton or good hotels and, and all kinds of other stuff. And, you know, it's, um, you know, we'll be there for a long time, you and I, so it'll be, uh, you know, the, the, the city's just going to keep on growing. Yeah. So. It's a great place to be. And there's uh, it's a great place for young people to move where their real estate dollars go farther and they can digitally commute to work and shut their laptop at 445 and and ride an e-bike 10 minutes to either lake or whatever it is that they want to do with the rest of their day. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. We, like I said, we have our place up in Kelowna. I was just telling somebody this story at lunch whenever, and this was a while ago, but uh, when we were in Kelowna living there, whenever anybody would come from Vancouver saying, Hey, we're going to come up to Kelowna. We got like two days. One day would always be in Penticton every single time. It was the weirdest thing. Like 12, 10, 12, 13 years ago when we were living there. Um, cause we'd go down and we'd do lunch somewhere on the strip and then we'd go into Naramata and then, you know, we, that, that quintessential Okanagan is Penticton is it. It's, yeah. it's the heart. It's the center of the Okanagan in, in my mind. Kelowna is a fantastic, it's, it's, it's becoming a small, big city. Yeah. Um, and it's got so much going for it, but you know, for that laid back Okanagan lifestyle that so many people want to enjoy Penticton's got it. Kelowna has the highest crime rate in Canada now. I, you had mentioned that. I, yeah. I, I didn't believe it. I was, uh, that blew <laughs> I me away. That up. Yeah. Oh. Actually, I'm starting a rumor, but, uh, that's what I've been told. So I think it's, uh, I think it's possible. Well, I've been spreading rumors that this was the largest commercial transaction in the Okanagan in 2023. And somebody, somebody called me out on it. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's correct. <laughs> you corrected them or they corrected I corrected them. them. So that's funny. Well, let's see here. I'm looking that up. I don't know. I don't see anything that disagrees. So yeah. it's probably true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny stories. That when, yeah. I mean, there's definitely in the summer, um, there is a pretty tough crowd that comes in. You go downtown. I, so, I mean, aside from the petty crime, um, maybe I shouldn't talk too much about, but yeah, in, in the summer, um, the uh, downtown gets uh, overridden with a lot of people that are not always there for good things. It's wild. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I grew up there. I know, yeah. I know yeah. very well. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Yeah. I grew up yeah. fighting. You know, it was like, that's what you did on yeah. the weekends and stuff. It's that kind of town. It's, uh, it's, it's great in many ways, like yeah. we talked about earlier, but in, in some ways it's, um, it's a bit big for some people now and a bit, a bit wild. Yeah. Penticton is that quintessential lake, yeah. uh, not country, but just, uh, just sort of not resort, but just the right amount of, of chill and fun and, and lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got, it's got all the amenities you need, you know, from a shopping perspective and everything else, it's all there. Um, there's, uh, you know, you said it before, but the work from home, work from anywhere type of, uh, uh, individual, they can, they can be there in a, um, in a beautiful environment or their relatively affordable homes, um, and still be connected to Vancouver enough by, you know, by roads, obviously, or, or by the, by the airport, there's daily flights to still checking. There's daily flights, uh, to Vancouver and Calgary. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're only in the office, you know, whatever, however many days a month you can, you can live that lifestyle there, which is pretty fantastic. Oh, totally. Yeah. it's awesome. I'm happy to be a part of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's. Uh, I think. I think your groups brought some pretty cool ideas, and I think it's this. When I started Strike, the whole one of the whole ideas was how can we bring groups together and and connect. We call it connecting the dots. How do you bring the right group? Uh, a key, uh, a strike. Uh, our partners at Theenshare. Um, um, you know the right the right the right financing group. How do you bring them all together? Even I even say Interior Health, even though they're not a partner yet, but they will be. And <laughs> whether they like it or not, you bring those groups together and you create something that's better than um, maybe what the next person um, um, would have seen. And, um, I would say that there's, I feel confident in this and maybe I shouldn't, um, I don't think there's another group that could have brought this deal this far, um, and bringing the right people to the table, um, other than us. So well, I'm happy, I'm happy about that. So, yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. Was it hard leaving your cushy COO job? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Must've been. It was. Yeah. I, uh, I was so blessed. Like I, um, I could have, and it sounds pretentious, but I could pick up the phone and call anybody in the city and they would talk to me. And it's pretentious when you say it like that, but when you look at the fact, you go back to the fact I was an immigrant and, and I grew up in this industry. I grew up looking up at a lot of the people that I now have lunch with, or I sit on the uh, board of UDI with. Um, it was pretty cool. It was very, and very humbling. Like I never, ever took it for granted ever. Yeah, I enjoyed it, fully enjoyed it because I was cognizant of it, but never took it for granted. And so, yeah, it was, it was from that perspective, plus the salary, it was very difficult to give up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good group over there. Good group. Yeah. Did they replace you or what, what happened? It's pretty hard to replace. Irreplaceable. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're, they're very, a, a great group, a great group. I have, uh, yeah, I could go on about that group, you know, just put their heart and soul into every project, um, know what they do, do it well, don't waver. I mean, it, it's... Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. a good group. When did you get so into mass timber? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, ask you dumb questions. I want to. Yeah. I want to no, ask no, you a I, lot of dumb ones. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, um, I I think going so it's funny. A lot of stuff that I do now is grounded in what what where I came from. So I grew up. Um, the 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 fellow that um, I learned that built the first house with his name is Bill Gertzen. Um, he's a framer by trade. Um, I learned about framing from him and we even framed a few houses together and reframed a few houses with, from due to bad framers. Um, and, um, so I've always been interested in, and uh, 
pretty knowledgeable for a development person about construction. And so when I saw, and I, you know, I went through the, uh, maybe this is too granular too, too it, it, when I went, I, w- I lived through trying to train my framers. I just thought about this the other day, trying to train my framers to go from dimensional, dimensionally frame floors. So two by 12s, two by 10s, two by eights, uh, to TGI. So engineered choice. And it was like mind blowing. Like it was like, no, like the, the, nobody got it. It's like, you want us to pre-cut our floor packages. You want us to you know, order them in advance. And if there's a, if there's a PSL missing or this missing, we got it. Like we just, we're just used to no. if we need it, we just laminate it on site and we just go ahead. Um, so I think that might be where it started from. I just kind of thought about that a few days ago. Uh, um, but, uh, but I've always been interested in construction. So uh, when the opportunity at Adira opened up, I knew they were doing this stuff with mass timber and um, they had just finished, no, they're, so they're just in, uh, underway on, on, um, virtuoso at UBC, 106, um, mass timber hybrid homes. So I got to finish that project off and watching it get finished really, you know, uh, it, it gave me the bug. And then we planned out the next project in North Vancouver. And, and from there it was just, it was just building better buildings, um, and, and doing it in a way that sets us up for the future as opposed to, uh, I, I call it, um, decrafting the business, not de-skilling it. So we still need skilled labor, but we don't need craftsmen to build our homes. We just don't, we're just wasting time if we have craftsmen building our homes. Interesting. Yeah. Because the, the nature of mass timber CLT is that it's built in a factory yeah. offsite, you know, pre-designed built in a, in a climate controlled, perfect kind of environment yeah. and then delivered on site. Yep. Yeah. So on site is about assembly yep. and attachment and, and, uh, and not crafts, right. Not yep. solving things on, on the spot and that yep. kind of thing. Yeah. Less labor. Less labor. Yeah. I mean, you just imagine it's less people going to the site to put it together. It means, and that's less traffic both ways. Cause they're on the street both, both times. Um, it's, uh, it's less material coming on site because it's all coming together. And then there's less garbage coming off site. Cause we, none of it goes in the garbage. It just, it just gets installed as it should. Um, and then, uh, and there's quieter on site. There's so many wins, so many advantages, not only for the developer, but also for the community at large, uh, that it makes a lot of sense. Um, is mass timber and CLT the same thing? Uh, CLT is a part of mass. So mass timber could mean anything. It could not anything. It could be, uh, CLT. It could be glue line beams. It could be uh, mass ply. There's lots of different versions or not lots of different, um, implementations or version, um, uh, I shouldn't know the word, but lots of different types of mass yeah. timber. Um, CLT is just, is, is traditionally the floor panel or maybe a wall that's made out of a, a laminated uh, uh, panel that's cross laminated, hence the name, um, laminated different ways. And, and it goes anywhere between, you know, traditional panel is three up to, up to nine ply, which is pretty significant. Three to five is pretty typical. So. And CLT means cross laminated timber. Yep. So why mass timber? Why the word mass? I think it's just, it, it's literally the mass of the wood. Um, you know, there's more wood. It's more wood. Yeah. 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 And, and that's the challenge with mass timber is that in, and I learned, this is something I did learn along the way is, um, as we design mass timber buildings, it's about minimizing the wood fiber in the buildings. Wood is what you pay for. And so you're, you're, you're always just balancing costs versus the, the nature of the, the cost, the cost of the material versus the benefit. And, uh, that's where it comes. I get a lot of questions on how, how did, how does mass timber make sense? It's more expensive and it's not, well, you said, you're probably not designing your building, right? You're not, you're not taking full advantage of the material and designing, designing with it from the beginning. So do you mean it's uh, stronger? So you need less structure, less material? 
Like, what is it about the design that's wrong? That could be wrong. Oh, um, a lot of people, um, when they look at a, they, they design a building and then they say, how much would it cost to build a mass timber? Oh, same design as, yeah. as regular. Yeah. Stuff, whereas right? if you say, I want to, if you have the right architecture team and structural team and you say, I want to build this building in mass timber. Now, how do we do it? Well, then that's a different question, different approach. And, mm-hmm. and we're looking at one at, in Penticton in, in mass timber. We're doing that actively right now over the last few days. We're looking at our, working with our architects to say, does this make, can we make this make sense in mass timber? All right. That's our, our goal is to make it make sense. And if it doesn't, we won't. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, Rocky, you're, you know, you're the, you're the mass timber guy. I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I am because I, I love it, but I'm not, I'm not evangelical about it. You know, it's got to make sense. So what are the benefits to the buyer or the user For between when, if you compare it to traditional lightwood frame, there's no comparison. It's, it's a sturdier building. It's denser. It, the acoustics are way better. Um, um, but then if you compare it against traditional wood frame or concrete or steel, which it can go up against all of them, it's more sustainable. It's lighter, uh, than concrete. Um, so there's, there's a bunch of benefits depending on what you compare it against, um, and, and then it just looks way better. Like it, like we're sitting in your office and you know, there's, there's wood around us and it just resonates. So there's a, there's a term called biophilia. That's the natural, um, attachment or natural affinity for humans with natural materials. And, and, and that's what, that's what, uh, mass timber offers if we can, if we don't have to cover it all up. So, yeah. yeah. So the idea is you, you don't, you leave it exposed. You Ideally. Can. Yeah. Where you can. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. So is it. Is it the same cost then as wood frame if it's properly designed? It can, the spread can be pretty small. And, um, um, you know, at Adira, we, we, we were able to, to do it really well. Um, and, um, through a lot of, a lot of heartache and heartbreak, they, they, they were able to, we were able to really optimize it. And, um, but yeah, yeah, we, we were still beholden to, um, design panels and city architects and everybody trying to push and pull the buildings. I think it, part of if our, if BC and, you know, and Minister Kalon has been a very big advocate of it, which is great. If in our province, we really want to deliver housing and deliver it at scale, I think mass timber is a huge opportunity there. And I think we build our buildings more rectilinear, make them cleaner. It doesn't mean they have to be boring. They just have to be a little simpler. And, um, um, I, I think in our province, if, if we really got it all aligned and we said, well, we've got this huge wood basket and we've got this, um, incredible, um, uh, group of consultants that actually export a lot of our consultants work internationally. They, so we export our knowledge. So if we said, well, we have the know-how and we have the material, we put them together, say we have a, we have a, a regional solution to our housing crisis. We just have to kind of get on the same page. Is BC a, like a hub of this kind of thing? Are we leaders in this, in this category? We could be like a, I, I, my soapbox getting up on it. Like it's BC should be a center of wood excellence, mass timber excellence in our country, in our continent, across the world. You know, it doesn't mean it has to be the best, but it should be a center of it for sure. I mean, our, uh, you got the fast snaps of the world that go to Europe to do consulting and you've got uh, um, aspect engineer. You got lots of guys here. Um, 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 Seagate construction, they're building uh, mass timber buildings in Cleveland. Like, you know, we've, we've got the knowledge and the know-how here. If we're not the center, like now, who, who is like, we're, who are the leaders in the space? Good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, Oregon's done a great job. It's hard to deny that they, that they, and I, that's probably where I'd, I'd leave it because I, uh, she, uh, the other one that I don't follow as much is Arkansas. 
um, because they have a huge wood basket and they're just very aggressively pursuing um, uh, mass timber for civic and infrastructure buildings. Um, Walmart's building a something crazy like a three million, six million square foot campus out there in mass timber. So, you know, they're and their and their university has very, you know, teaches mass timber engineering at a, at a very high level. Um, so, yeah, I, those are three juris- two other jurisdictions that come to mind. I like it. I like it. I like the I like innovative stuff. Yeah. I like better, better solutions, better products to deliver, uh, you know, homes cheaper. Yeah. You know, to buyers. Well, we were talking earlier and we don't use, won't use the name, but like the younger person who's in an engineering company who is departing from what they traditionally do to pursue more in mass timber. I think mass timber really resonates with younger people. Um, and not just not for anything fluffy. It's just, it makes sense. Like I said, it's innovative. It's, um, um, it's you for a tradesperson. It's easier to erect a, a mass timber building than, um, um, than a traditionally, um, dimensionally framed building, uh, the quicker, faster, cleaner. So I think, yeah, I think that's, there's a lot going for it. And it, was, it, re- it resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. 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 It's cool. I love it. I love it. That's one thing I love about our industry is the, the opportunity, you know, it's not actually that progressive, but it's so big. It's so important that there's such fertile ground for improvement, frankly. Yep. I told you about key price. I probably haven't. It's uh, something fun to do next year. Yeah. Um, have you heard of X Prize? No. It's this idea that, um, you know, it's based on something that happened a long, long time ago when, uh, not the right, they were the first ones to fly. I can't remember the name, but the first people that flew across, um, ah, there was a, anyway, there was a contest, a challenge. Yeah. And it generated uh, at the time, like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment into research and technology to compete for this prize, which in, in the, you know, dollars a hundred years ago um, were very few, but relatively speaking, it was quite an interesting prize. But this idea that you offer a prize to get a bunch of people competing um, to innovate and to develop something cool, I think would work great in this industry. So next year I want to offer, um, really significant cash prizes to innovate cool stuff in our industry. And I think that I don't need to pay for it all. I think I can get sponsors to, uh, you know, a developer, for example, who, who, who thinks like, wouldn't it be great if, you know, and this problem could be solved in an innovative way for their particular project. Um, then key prize can facilitate the contest, generate a bunch of, uh, you know, creative thinking and, and energy and investment from kind of all walks of life. And then the sponsor will own um, the result of that. You know, the prize will yep. be awarded yep. uh, to the top team, and but the the sponsor gets value. You know, they uh, they own it, and it doesn't need to be mass timber or yep. even a new way of construction. It could be a new way of owning real estate, of sharing use of real estate, of yep. buying it, um, something legal, mechanical. Um, you know, making rent to own finally work. Uh, you know, all different types of things, yep. right? And you can you can capture, kind of tear down the walls of the boardroom a little bit and capture the. Uh, intelligence of just regular people out there or, you know, a lawyer who's got a pretty good idea. They just don't have a you know place to put it yeah. or a team of people that want to get together and solve something or somebody that wants to get into the industry and kind of make a name for themselves and, and get recognized for doing something super cool. Well, yeah, no, um, I was smiling there because some, somebody is beyond, beyond just a simple developer. Um, but the whole idea of, uh, uh, fractionalizing real estate and, uh, around owning a fraction of a building as opposed to the entire building and being able to trade that may have having it a lot more liquid 
than a traditional real estate. Uh, you, you know, it, there's a lot of, um, and, and, you know, we are looking at some innovative, we actually haven't even talked about it and, I, and it's not firm yet. So we'll have to talk about it later, but, uh, around some more innovation around home ownership on our site. It's, um, how do you, how, how do people, they, and there's, there's lots of innovative things happening around, but it's just not at scale yet. It's definitely not here. And I think you're right. Our, our, I mean, it, you are right. It's our, our industry is ripe for disruption. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a few guys that have tried like the whole Katera issue, but, um, what was that? It was a, it was a company that, uh, was set up to, um, modularize and, 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 um, design for manufacturing. This is DFMA, um, um, uh, around housing, um, to the point where they had their own proprietary screws and their pro- like, it was like the Ikea of housing, but in a pretty, very sophisticated way, but they went up again, they, they took a tech approach to housing, a, but it's slightly ignoring the challenges that developers face. And, um, uh, the approvals, regulatory, um, uh, just jurisdictional issues that we have to deal with and how every single jurisdiction is different and they all want to, you know, poke you in the eye in a different way. And, <laughs> and you know, so they, they, they didn't get that part, but, you know, but they, but they had a huge amount of soft bank invested in them, hundreds of millions of bucks. And, and so, yeah, but they, you know, just ultimately, unfortunately didn't get, uh, didn't go ahead. And, um, yeah, that's too I heard about Addy. Yeah. ADDY. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was a seed investor in that. Oh yeah. It's a cool idea. Yep. And they, I think they're on the 13th or 15th pro, uh, project or property now. Yeah. 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 yeah I saw Steven the other day. It's picking up yeah. momentum. Yep. Yeah. 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 I love all that stuff. Yeah. And there's just so much opportunity. I think I just need to, I'm excited to just to create the facility uh, where people can use that as a tool to make cool stuff happen. Yeah. Uh, and it can be anything like it's just, it's such a, a huge blank canvas of opportunity. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away by saying it young people, uh, only because I still feel like I'm young, but I guess I'm not, but the, I'm blown away by the ingenuity of, and the, just the way they, they just think totally different, like their, their, uh, outlook and what their, 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 um, toolkit of stuff is way different from ours. And I know you're, you, you maybe are a little bit more innovative in, in terms of your thinking than I am. I consider myself fairly open-minded, but I, again, I think if you ask that bold question without defining it, I think you're going to get pretty incredible responses. Yeah, I do yeah. too. And yeah. there's unbelievable talent out there. Yep. And I find myself too often in a boardroom with five other people trying to solve big problems. And I end up thinking, Ah, there's a missed opportunity. There's, there's a ton of capacity out there that we could capture, um, like in a more sharing economy point of view of like, let's share this problem let's share the opportunity to solve it, the value of solving it. It's cool. The, um, there's a business case I, uh, that I read about a long time ago. It was a few years ago. So well before COVID two or three years before COVID that's like my before BC and after. Yeah. Um, so many people, yeah. um, um, Aflac, the insurance company had this, had, you know, they have tons of these, uh, what are those mathematician guys called? Uh, actuaries. Geez, actuaries. Thank you. My friends, one of my friends is an actuary and they, they have all these actuaries and they're huge, highly paid people. And they, they took all these problems that they, they took a, a set of these problems that these guys would answer for them and, and uploaded them to the cloud. Like, and, and had these, had these groups of people around the world bid on solving those problems. And, um, and they, and they, they, they had them do it and it was, it was 30,000 bucks or something to do. And they, and they came 
almost to the exact same answer or a very similar answer to what their own actuaries were going to give them that were getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So like you said, it's just this, it's, it's, it's this incredible capacity out there. Oh, it's, uh, everything's changing so fast. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. In the software development world, um, there's a platform where, you know, people open source their software and it gets sort of reviewed and rated by, you know, other softwares, uh, other developers in the community. And that's become just a massive force of, uh, you know, source of content in that industry. But even in a more interesting way, it is when you're applying uh, somewhere to be, you know, as a, as a software developer, um, the very first thing they look at before the school you went to, or even your experience is your rating in that community, because it's, uh, it's just so accurate, like right. the volume of people that have looked at your stuff. Oh, okay. And, now I get it. Yeah. yeah give okay. opinions on it yeah. and giving you kind of like a star rating or a grade. It's yeah. uh, it's like the number one criteria to what job you get, how much you get paid, all that kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. We used uh, <clears throat> to come up with our, our logo. I went on one of those online ones on one's online yeah. uh, turn, logo tournament, I think is what it's called. And, uh, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. Just the, like the, the two way rating or no, I guess it was one way rating. They weren't, I wasn't rated, but the rating, the openness of it and uh, the creativity. So and did you have a bunch of people submit or did yep. you use AI or something? No, no, it was, yeah, it wasn't it was before AI. Yeah. It's only like 24 months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but we, you know, we, we kind of, we just put description out there and uh, it was pretty open and um, um, we had a bunch of responses and we went through it and uh, my wife and I were spent a lot of days just looking at it and let's seeing what sat with us and this and that. And so there's some pretty cool stuff that came back and, and ultimately we landed where we landed and we're really happy. And, and it cost you 20 bucks, yeah, like 400 <laughs> bucks or something like that. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. But that $400 probably went to uh Venezuela, you know, and made a huge impact on somebody's life. Yeah. 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 And they, uh, exactly. Yeah. Last week I learned how to build uh custom chat GPT and it takes, it takes uh, 15 minutes and it's amazing. You know, you can upload an unlimited amount of uh, information to it uh, for free. And, uh, and then the, 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 it'll look at that source of information first to develop the answers. And then it's backfilled by all of the ordinary chat GPT 4.0 information. Um, but it took 15 minutes and a month ago, um, you know, a, a big consulting company like McKinsey or something like that would have charged you a million dollars to build a tool like that. Yeah. And, and here we are one month later and uh, McKinsey's laying off 30% of their people and, uh, and anybody can do it for free in 15 minutes. It's, Oh, I, I it's so exciting. Did you, you've, I mean, you're on the edge of it. The, the Gemini, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a, another AI and it's somehow associated with Google. Cause I got a message on my phone about it, but, um, I watched this Gemini and you know, some of my friends forwarded me on Twitter. I'll send it to you afterwards or X. Um, and, um, it, it talk, it shows how Gemini is learning and how it's watching pictures. It, it'll blow your mind. But at the end of it, with well, a quote that I really like from the founder or one, or one of the, yeah, I think it's the founder of Gemini was, um, AI won't replace humans, but humans that can use AI will replace other humans. Yeah. That's the new job. Yeah. It's, it's learning how to use the tool, Yeah, how to ask the right questions. Yeah. Imagine it was like in university now where anyone can generate a paper, you know, kind of instantly. Yeah. And every professor knows that. So yeah. some professors I understand are saying, you know, don't use it. You're not allowed. I'll be able to tell if you do. And others are saying, use it. Here's how you can best use it. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the, here's the way to teach it before you ask the questions. And then this is the way to ask and all this kind of stuff. And 
and those are the professors I think that are going to be the, the people still working at McKinsey and the others are going to be the ones that don't right. work there anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. It's just, it never gets boring, man. There's just so much to uh, figure out. Well, I think, I think you gotta be, you know, open-minded to it. I asked you before we, we, we started this was, you know, are you bored? Like, are you, is this something you're still going to like, like you and I, is this something you still want to do? And it's like, yeah, you, but you have to use your response was yes, but you, you have to innovate and you're, you had some innovative innovations that you're working on and it's just, you have to want to innovate and you have to appreciate that pressure that's coming behind you uh, and be able to grasp it and run with it. You can't, you can't, you can't let it wear you out. Otherwise you get worn out. Totally. Yeah. You have to do it and you have to like it because yeah. if you don't, it's uh, it would probably be exhausting. Like change is the only constant. Yep. And that's just the way it is. And if you can accept that and roll with it and see it as a positive and opportunity, then, uh, then I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Tesla robots coming. You've, have you seen this thing? Oh, yeah. I was just, I was just watching all the Tesla cyber truck videos. Yeah. No, I haven't done. Uh, no, I have to tell yeah, the robots come in. It's, it's amazing. It's, uh, it's going to be $20,000, believe it or not. And it looks fucking awesome. Like it looks like a real robot from a really cool movie and it, and it can mop floors and water plants. And, and, uh, I've met people who were saying that that's, uh, you know, that's 30% of our workforce, like not gone, but that we need to figure out like yeah. that's, uh, at $20,000, yeah. that's less than half of, of, uh, you know, a year's pay for an entry level person, like in the U S or something yeah. like it's really low. Yeah. So it's just a huge game changer and it's coming very soon. Yeah. Now you have all, all kinds of things. You could take AI and the Tesla robot and yeah, it's going to be, a, it's going to be an interesting, few, interesting few years ahead. Um, I think as we, you know, the, the pace of change, it's not even the change. It's the pace of change now. Um, you know, as you know, humans are not, are, are terrible at thinking exponentially. Um, and, um, uh, but that's, what's happening all around us. And, um, so it's, if we're, if we, if we can't even think that way, how do you think that way? Like, I, yeah, it's, uh, you just gotta be very open-minded and aware. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to plug your brain into, uh, <laughs> to the net? Would you? Uh, uh, no, I think I'm probably a little too old school for that. Just a little. Um, I, w and I'm even cautious, you know, I, I mean, I'm cautious with, uh, um, the amount of time we spend in non-human communication, you know, like we were talking about earlier and I, and I completely agree with you. I'm not, I'm not a staunch advocate, but you have to be in the office every day, but you definitely, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a need to be around people and uh, there's a depth of humanity that gets lost when you're, you know, across the screen from each other as opposed to in person. And um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, so I'm cautious of that. And, and so much of my career, thankfully, has been built through relationships. So I think I'm protective of that. Of relationships or? Of the communication yeah. that got me to those relationships. Yeah. yeah. What if plugging your brain into the, into the net could uh, improve your memory? hundred percent. I have a terrible memory, so yeah. I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely right. Yeah. When you have a problem you want to solve, it gets, it gets easier to say, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Imagine if you had like a little bit of dementia, a little Alzheimer's, and that was going to fix it. No brainer. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be interesting how um, tech and everything starts to fix those problems that we have as a human race. Uh, I was, I, but then I watched that Blue Zones on, on yeah. Netflix. It's like, well, maybe we're just killing ourselves by doing the stuff that we do. Like, yeah, we just live. We 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 live in a uh, in a place in a way that. A lot of the things that we do are slowly killing us. 
but I try not to think that way. I just go, <laughs> I yeah. just want to be positive every day. And, uh, and, and, you know, like I said, I was, you know, you, you, you do things to make yourself better and healthier. And, but yeah, I, I, I would see, yeah. Could, could you, could you, um, who would not say yes to a computer or AI helping you with a, um, uh, a neurological problem or a physical problem you have blindness. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're, we're already taking steps there. Like that's sort yeah. of what hearing aids are. And, yeah. you know, we're, integrating yeah. more and more it's it's happening did you but, see that they're sorry cut you off you see they're, they're like as opposed to laser eye surgery now they just replace your lens really yeah in yeah. abbotsford with what a new lens is it like a biological lens or is it grown in a petri dish or? i don't know how they but you know i've i have i wear contacts and you know they just put a new lens in there they cut they put the new lens and you don't need to wear contacts anymore so it's not on your surface like they yeah. used to but it's yeah so i mean there's a not a tech side, but there's something to that too. It's which probably is, synthetic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the lens is the part of your eye that's that oval shape that the, the little things attached to, yeah. and it just twists it and shifts it to go from fat to thin. To, and all the stuff kind of goes through to it. change the focal yeah. point. Yeah. 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 It's probably synthetic. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I would do that. Like uh, I don't have perfect vision or wear glasses or anything, but I, I would, uh, if I could sharpen it up so it was perfect, yeah. I'd be interested in that. Yeah. If there were no side effects. Well, that's, that's just <laughs> it. Right. Totally. Yeah. Well, you, you drive a Tesla and I, my, my wife drives a Tesla and I have some buddies that said, well, you know, they could just turn your car off anytime they want, right? Like stop you. Or, oh, I've heard that for years. Like, oh, <laughs> God, like, you know, at the end of the day, that's the redneck. I'm guessing that <laughs> <laughs> uh, buddies in Kelowna, but it's, you know, it's this fear of, um, this, this fear, this fear of, of the future and technology and what yeah. it means for us and this and that. So, you know, the truth is the facts are the data is that through technology, we're just living longer. I mean, I love blue zones too. Yeah. I love that show. In fact, I'm reading, I got kind of obsessed with that, that one particular aspect of Ikigai with, as part of the yeah. Japanese blue zone. hundred percent. And, um, and what that meant. So I'm reading a book called Ikigai. Anyways, I love it, but through technology and, and sort of healthier living and better healthcare, we're living 0 0.3 years longer every year we live hmm. and there's uh you know and that that number is getting bigger which it's a it's a crazy big number already right, right. but imagine that number gets to 0 0.5 so that every year you live your life is going to extend half a year, half a year. Yeah. uh and the goal is to push that to one and then you know what happens then mathematically you die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. some people think it's uh it's impossible because at 120 that your cells stop regenerating um, so it's therefore impossible, but others disagree and think that we're going to push close to that number within 20 years. Well, there's that guy that's, there's that guy that's getting his son's blood. Oh, I know. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that oh guy man. Looks so creepy. Yeah. Looks like a bad guy in the worst yep. movie ever. Yeah. The green, Especially cause it's his son's yeah, blood. The green goblin or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ex tech CEO type guy yeah. is, uh, yeah, I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah. creep town. Yeah. Like that. Pretty weird. Yeah. That doesn't get much weirder, yeah. nor is it a look that I aspire to. Yeah. Like I, it's yeah. weird. Cause he's definitely fit, uh, super pale. Um, and I guess wrinkle free, but yeah, just really androgynous and weird looking. It's not, not my jam at all. Well, yeah. And you know, it's, there's, uh, there's something to aging gracefully and, um, not spending all your time focusing on death. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a good thing too. So have some fun, drink some wine, eat some food yeah. with friends. 
That's part of it. Yeah. I mean, part of that blue zones was yeah. looking at some of those cultures too, where, yeah. you know, they do all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Like you said, the Ikigai, that fight, you know, the life's purpose. And I think for people like you and I, we have, a, we feel we have a purpose. Maybe it's not, but we, we feel we have a purpose, but there's a lot of truth there to the staying active, the social, the social, this internal purpose, but a social purpose, taking care of your neighbors and things like that. And, and my wife and I are huge. We love our, uh, we love our community in Steveston and, and, and there's, there's definitely an element to that, which is, um, we're nosy enough about our neighbors, but not, not nosy. We, we care about our neighbors. We're not nosy. And I think that's been lost. And, and that we, I would, you know, I would, I would not probably not live. There's very few places in the lower main I'd live besides Steveston. Steveson has that. And I'll, an example is I've heard that. Yeah. We have this Facebook group of dads and my, my kids roar at this. They think it's hilarious. You guys are all on Facebook and I, but yeah, but it replaces, it, it's creating a, um, and we got to talk about this for Penticton, but it creates a, a digital community that enables interaction in a, in a digital world. You know, it's only Facebook, but yeah. But you know, like a, for the, one of my friends needed to move, uh, he had a painter coming over and he had a, um, treadmill in the room. And he's like, Oh, the painter's coming like a day early. I put it on Facebook. Can anybody come and help me move the treadmill? So Tuesday. And I told my wife, I said, she doesn't know him very well. And I said, oh, I got to go to so-and-so's house to move a treadmill. And she looked at me and she's come on, it's Tuesday night. It's like nine o'clock. But then she knew, but she knew the responsibility. She said, okay, well, it's just your friends here. It's just down the road. Yeah, yeah, go. And by the time I responded that I'd come, he goes, Oh, I already got three guys coming over. No way. And I was like, Tuesday at nine o'clock, you know, you're asking people to leave their family and come over and do that. That's community. That's all awesome. right. Like that's helping one another yeah. and it's nothing in return. It's just, it's just the fact that when you need to call him, he's going to be there at nine o'clock on a Tuesday. It's almost Amish. Yeah. It's cool. In a cool, cool yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I like it too. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's, that's one of the things that we want to do in Penticton is that, is that create that village, that sense of people taking care of one another, having that woven in, but from the beginning, that thought is designed into the project as opposed to wishing it happens or wanting it to happen. It's no, it's, it's, or it's embedded, it's organic, but it's embedded in the design. So how do you think that happened in Steveson? Like, how did that start? That's a good question. Um, it wasn't the Facebook group. No, <laughs> or maybe it was no. Yeah. I, I, I think I know a, a part of it is, um, uh, I've grown, I've been in Richmond for well, my whole life. So over 40 years and, um, um, Steveson uh, has a, a, a abnormally, um, uh, uh, the village is all small lots, 33 foot lots because it was a Japanese fishing village back in the day. They had these small lots and small homes. And whereas Richmond, the bulk of Richmond are 60 by 120 or 60 by 132 foot lots. So first of all, if you wanted, to, going back a decade plus ago, if you wanted to buy, and you, Steveson's always expensive. So what you buy on a 33 foot lot, you could almost buy a home in a bigger a bigger home in another, another neighborhood. So you have to want to be there. So that's first criteria. Second is you are physically close to people. So there's that there's the, the, the interaction is almost forced. Um, the village is a hub of community. It's a hub of, of people that, that live and work there, um, that live and own shops there. Um, um, you got your bank, your, your butcher, your, this, your, the coffee shop and this and that endless amounts of coffee shops. But, it, it, that, so th those are elements of it, right? Like it, it's, it's, um, social organic social interaction that's created by the size of literally by the size of lots that are there. Uh, it's the community hub and, um, um, and it, you know, and, and it's, it's just, it's just these, these very natural, basic structural things there, um, that, that have been there for, for so long. So I think it's those things. 
I live in Edgemont Village. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with a lot of what yeah. you said. I think you nailed, you nailed most of it. The village, the, um, the fact that people walk to this place to do their stuff, meet up, bump into each other, go to school, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, I think the other part of it I would only add is like the intention of some people a long time ago that just wanted it to happen. You know, a small group of people that just sort of just were the creators, the starters, and then, and then a bit of a reputation, you know, they talked it up they said, the village is great. The neighbors are great. The vibe is great. All that kind of stuff. And then that attracted other like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And then it's those like-minded people because that's the way it was with Edgemont village. We chose it because of the reputation of it. You know, it it started before we got there, you know, in terms of how close the neighbors are and how, how nice it is to raise a family there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the, that's the ever expanding aspect of those fundamentals that you mentioned yeah. is the people that, that started initially and then attract other like-minded and then it grows from there. Yeah. it's just a good point. So if it's well done or if it's, if it's authentic, it gets, it's become self-perpetuating. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. So how do you do that in the, in the sort of new project or like condo community? We're going to find out. Yeah. It's interesting because it can be done. And, and, yep. and I think you know, you can build the bones in, you know, in the way that you already are with the village and the retail and all that kind of stuff. Um, but in terms of attracting the the buyers that want that, they would lean into that kind of messaging, you know, be drawn to live there for those reasons. But then how do you get those people to attract more of the same kind of people? Actually, you know what, you mentioned River District and I think West Group's done an amazing job at that, but yep. they showcase their they really do a lot to showcase community mm-hmm. and uh, to talk with the community, to facilitate a lot of things. If you look at their website, um, they're selling homes in the community, new homes in the community based on the existing community. Like those aren't renderings. Those yep. are pictures of real people having a really great time living there. Well, yeah, I went to that cause I went to the website the other day and um, the first, you know, the, the image that comes up cause you know, we were talking earlier, do we selling condos or selling lifestyle? And their first image is, you know, is, uh, people having fun in the community that's already built there. They're not eye stock images. They're not images of somewhere else. They're, they're people that are in the, on the bench in the plaza in front of save on or on the water or wherever they are, they're, they're actually enjoying the community that's already there. Um, I guess the challenge for, for people like you and I is how do you do it when there's nothing there? So, you know, that's the, that's the nut we're going to have to crack on this one. And, but I think it's, we've talked about it, which is there's, there's a lot of really great examples of, um, master plan communities here in in the lower mainland, um, that have done very well and they've, they've really delivered on the intention and the vision. And, uh, I think we need to now steal a bit of that. We need to, uh, say, authentically that's what we are doing and why we're doing it and how we're doing it. And hopefully people will believe us. And, and, and I know we will deliver, but it's, you know, we, we do need to borrow some of that and we need to, but we have to do it responsibly. We have to, if we're, if we're, if we're going to say, we're going to do something, we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no doubt. But that's what you set yourself up for when you call it the innovation district. Yeah. You know, you've set the bar at a certain level. Yeah. You can't uh, call it innovation district and then, uh, and not have it be innovative. Correct. Yeah. 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 No, we, uh, we were looking for a name. Uh, I had put out there a long time ago, Penticton health and innovation district. And, and, um, because we wanted something that was bold and visionary and, and I think innovation district just sums it up so nicely and succinct. Um, and, um, uh, no, it's, it's perfect. It is, you know, we want to set the bar high. We wanted to, um, uh, give ourselves a challenge, um, 
but, but we wanted to just capture the vision that we had. And I, th I think it does that. Yeah. You're obsessed with your work. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it that obvious? Yeah. yeah. It's a huge yeah. part of your life. Yeah. How do you balance it with uh, kids and family? Uh, it's tough stuff. Um, I have a super amazing wife, very tolerant, very supportive. Um, uh, we just had our 20th anniversary last year, this year, sorry. Uh, feels like it was, yeah, feels like so many months ago, but yeah, it was this year, uh, two great kids. And, um, but I think you, I was, I was thinking about it this morning, actually too. I, when I was at the gym, I was like, oh, six o'clock. I'm like, oh, this, you, but you have to want to do it. You have like, you have to want to do it. And it's like, there's so many as, uh, easier things. So you can fall into your work, keep falling and falling into your work. Cause it's easy. And I, I joke around with my wife. I said, people, when they're, it's when I was in the C-suite, people had to listen to what I said, you know, there's, I never abused it, but they did. And I, and I had work with great people and I you know, got so much, it was, it, and, and being at home. And when your daughter tells you, when your daughter doesn't listen to you, no matter how much you try to rationalize it, you got to wear a coat, you're going ice skating today. Um, and you have to wear a coat. Oh, I'm going to be fine. But now I lean into those challenges. I try to embrace those challenges and, 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 and I think I'm fortunate because, um, you know, I hang around with, with people that are thoughtful. And so I bring that thoughtfulness as much as I can into my home job being a dad. So there's only so many hours in the day. You know, what I wrestle with is, um, knowing how kids spell love T I M E. And, uh, and when you're passionate about your work, uh, trying to, trying to find balance between doing, you know, what's in the best interest of your family, you know, mm -hmm which is why most people work yep. and spending just literally the time with your kids, you yep. know, more time, yep. you know, cause often work comes at the expense of time. Yep. What are your thoughts on that? How do you uh, find a balance? Oh yeah. No, I have lots of thoughts around that. And that is, um, um, one of the reasons why I actually left my job, um, was I spent a lot of hours out of the home and not that I spend less hours working, I'm just a bit around, a bit around a bit more. Yeah. And my kids get to see me work. They get to understand what I'm doing. Um, I really liked, uh, Sahil Bloom. Um, uh, my wife brought this quote up from him, which was, um, my dad, his dad was never shy about telling him the why of what he was doing. Okay. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like, you know, it's like, why, you know, why do you have to go to a seven o'clock? Why do you have to miss my game? Um, why are you on your phone when we're having dinner? And that is, I thought that was wonderful. And that is actually what I'm, what I'm trying to do with my kids. I'm trying to let them understand the, and the, the cool parts. Like I tell, I, I tell my daughter and my son, I say, I just, I just got off the phone with the mayor. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're good people. These are really good people. And they're just humans. They're the mayor. Yeah. That you They call them the worship, your worship, but they're just humans that want to do a good job. And, uh, and they're like, oh yeah, okay, I get, I get it. I get it. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. And so when she, when my wife brought it up, that Sahel Bloom said that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, this is cool as Sahel Bloom. But I'm like, that's, that's, that's neat that that was in a level of appreciation that he had. And that's what I'm trying to do, um, with the kids now. Yeah. So, I think that's a great share yeah. for people yeah. you know, in the same boat as you that are grinding, building, yeah. going for it and, uh, and feeling, you know, a little bit guilty at sometimes. Yeah. I read Richard Branson's biography and, yeah. and that was his school of thought too. He yeah. was, uh, yeah, you gotta, you just, there's no excuse. Gotta spend the time with the kids and, uh, it's okay if you're, you know, on the phone with kids climbing all over you or that kind of thing. Like whoever it is on the phone can just deal with it, but at least you're, um, you're present with your kids physically, yeah. if not 100% attention. Yeah. 
Uh, but he definitely blurs the line on, on that side of things. And it sounds like it makes sense too. Yeah. It's time for dinner, man. Yeah, it is. It's uh, we're out of time. Let's do it again. There we uh, go. When we get closer to. You're awesome. You kept yeah. us right on time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. I don't make you late. Your wife sounds awesome. And I've yeah. got plans and yeah. uh, I want to get you on your way. But thanks for doing this, man. It was fun. No, it was fun. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, I appreciate coming down here. This is a pretty cool spot you have. I do want to learn more about Mass Timber, though, in the future, because I, I know you give one hour lectures on it, but you only gave me five minutes. Yeah. So I'm well, hope, hopefully, curious. hopefully we'll get to do uh, one or two or more in uh, the innovation district in Penticton. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Sounds fun, man. Cool. Thanks. All right. All right.